Blurts off it is Wealth Wellness Wednesday. And of course, as many of our listeners and viewers know, this is one of my favorite days of the week. A lot of people call it hump day. I call it Wealth Wellness Wednesday. And we do that for a reason because we're encompassing uh, doing actually acts of kindness with Wealth Wellness Wednesday. It's all incorporated. But good morning, everyone. It is May 31st. Can you believe it? It is the last day of the month. We are on the cusp of a brand new month. Carol Sue, aka Naughty Boss, live with two sisters. Hey, good morning, everyone. This is Janice, aka Wellness Diva 5.0. And it's, you know, the birthday month is coming to a close. And I'm, you know, I'm ready to move forward as we all are. You know, wellness comes in many different forms. And especially for women over 50, we have an amazing guest today. And I'm just so excited to welcome Dr. Heather Awad to the Two Sisters podcast family. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, wonderful. We're thrilled to have you as well. You know, especially for women over 50, you know, obviously my journey happened in my early 40s, but what I find very interesting about permanent weight loss, Dr. Heather, is it's really very different for everyone, yet there are a lot of similarities. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think that um, the big thing about permanent weight loss is liking how you do your weight loss journey, because then you're going to keep going with something very, very similar. I think a lot of times we've done things um, to lose weight that are, we're creating short-term restrictions for short-term gains. And we think, well, when I get there, then I just go back to doing whatever and it's fine. And it, it doesn't really work. Um, so when we choose something that we don't like for our weight loss journey, then we're not gonna like it for our maintenance journey. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And, and Carol Sue, you know, as we've often chatted about this, you know, the short-term aspect, you know, that makes so much sense. But, you know, I, I guess the, the question or the comment would be, why do especially women fall prey to doing the same things that we've always done? Well, I think part of it too is that the, the environment, the world that we live in, everyone's impatient. They want an instant result, instant gratification. And sadly, a lot of people want to shortcut the journey of the whole process of living a healthy lifestyle. Um, yeah, you initially want to get that unhealthy weight off. We all know that. Uh, maybe maybe uh, you're uncomfortable. Maybe uh, you know you you look at that reflection in the mirror and it drives you cuckoo. But in order to, in my perspective, to to achieve that ultimate lifestyle, you have to partner with it. So you know, I hate to use the word diet. I mean, to me, that's we all diet, whether we have a, a healthy diet or whether we have a poor diet. But in and not embracing the fads, embrace that the journey you didn't get there, uh, you know, in, in record time. Well, guess what? It's not going to take record time to take it off and sustain it off. Don't you agree, doctor? I, I just I don't I don't I, I think people just fall short of really understanding the whole process of the journey. I agree because we are kind of in a hurry. We like the quick fix for sure. Um, and my clients I work with, some of them, you know, the weight just falls off really quickly and, and they're super happy. And some people, it is more of a slow, gradual thing. But I do, I frequently, my, my latest client who just started working with me last week said, well, shouldn't I do a juice cleanse and just drink juice for a week? 
And I was like, okay, wait, wait, let's stop and talk about our philosophy about making this permanent weight loss. Um, you know, we, we, it's, it is a lifestyle, you know, you, you definitely want to, um, you're almost like finding, you have the lane that you're eating in now and you want to find a new lane where you have things that you really love to eat still. Um, and all the things that you love to eat sometimes, but it's a new lane for, um, weight loss and for just going forward with your health goals and your weight loss goals. So like you said, people are uncomfortable in their bodies. And also I, I get people who come to me who have like a new high blood sugar that they didn't have before, or all of a sudden they're on blood pressure medication. And their doctor says, you know, you know, this weight gain, you know, is probably contributing. So there's a lot going on there. Yeah. I think, go ahead, Jane. Well, I think, you know, that's a great analogy about the lane because the lanes, as we know it, have many potholes. And when we fall in those potholes, you know, I, I think that behavior to a certain degree, and, and I'm speaking on behalf of myself, of course, was normal, but yet I was expecting a different outcome. And I think, you know, it's great to have that permanent weight loss. And I want to commend everyone who, you know, goes out there and takes control of their health. But, you know, here I am, I just celebrated my 61st birthday uh, last week. And I think for me now at this stage, it's still a hard process to keep the weight off. Sure. It takes attention. It really does. When our bodies, you know, I work with women over 50, but really we're talking about a menopause body, right? Whether that's from surgery or, or naturally or whatever. Um, we need less food. Our body just doesn't need as much. And so we definitely have to pay attention because we live in a eat all day culture. We eat, we live in a overeating is normal culture. We eat in, in or sorry, we live in a food is comfort. I deserve, when you say I deserve, it's, it's usually something food culture. And so it's very countercultural to pay attention and nourish your body and give it only what it needs and not more than that. Mm. Right. And then there's, you know, the other piece is, you know, I find that, you know, anyone that we encountered with that is really looking for that weight loss journey, a lot of them are not even connecting with the emotional piece because, uh, you know, there's an emotional piece with enjoying food, uh, but there's also an emotional piece of an underlying impact in their mindset, uh, you know, how they feel about themselves that they tend to go to, quote, that comfort food. And that comfort food, when they really start digging in and peeling that nasty onion back, they, they realize that, you know, they're drowning in whatever, what, you know, their mindset or their, however they were feeling and stuffing it down with the eating part of it to, to get that, what I call superficial high at that moment. But, you know, they're not frequently what I find is anyone that really drops weight drastically, whether it's gastric bypass surgery, whether it's a fad diet or whatever. And then you notice that they put on the weight even fast and furious than the first time. There's usually an emotional connection piece that's missing or misfiring that they're recognizing. And I think once that's part of the, the, the journey piece, it's, you know, it might be a detour for a little while, but to get rid of that emotional baggage in order to be successful with changing that lifestyle. 
I think you're really spot on with that. I mean, that is something I just hear over and over. I have a client right now who's 57. She lost the weight and then she's still coaching with me because um, that story is exactly hers, you know, especially the funny thing is like your body changes and then your, your little family circle changes too, right? So she's, her kids are out now. And so them coming, you know, to her as adult children's with their needs and what boundaries need to be set. Um, and then she has more time with her husband now. So she's looking at that relationship and what kind of everything that was assumed and how does she want it now? When she goes to the cabin now, she's not bringing little children. She, it's just her and her husband and, and her mother-in-law who uh, she's noticing that that is a relationship that also needs some boundaries. Um, and she said, normally I would have just stuffed all these feelings and eaten them all and then just tried to be nice. And, and so she's kind of looking at, you know, each of these relationships with all these individuals and how to make them, you know, go into this next phase, set real good boundaries where they need to be set, still be, you know, a loving consultant to her grown children um, without rescuing them. I mean, and, you know, so many things, but all of these, she said, all of these, I would have just eaten the feelings and let them go instead of feeling them and looking at what I want to do for myself. Exactly. And I think the other, you know, once you kind of establish and or even acknowledge, a lot of people don't even acknowledge that they're emotional eaters. Oh, I just like that food or, you know, it just gives me great pleasure. <clears throat> but why? You know, are you, you know, for me, you know, it, in general, we talked about our different journeys. Her, her journey was, you know, we're all different. We all, we all look different. We have different personalities and our gut issues are different. So, you know, I think you have to partner the mindset, the lifestyle with what's on your plate. And it doesn't mean and when I when I talk to to a lot of my customers, I tell them I'm not talking about just eating rabbit food here. You know, there is very good food that is going to be uh, tasteful, it's going to have, you know, very delicious, satisfying, but also keeping that healthy lifestyle that you desire to keep you kind of on track but it's not it's not about depriving yourself everything obviously in moderation but at the same time there's so many fads that are out there and they're not connecting the lifestyle with their everyday living like they they say they're in this lifestyle but they're expecting a product or even a fitness or you know a gym to kind of take over that lifestyle and you've got to partner it with what you're putting in your mouth at the end of the day. For sure. And people have been told, you know, we have the, these extreme things that are on the internet as well. Like this is a superfood and this is a bad food. You know, I have some, you know, a, a friend who's not a client who said, you know, she lost this weight and she's trying to go into maintenance now. And she said, I wasn't allowed to eat fruit for a year and I'm trying to figure out how to get fruit back in. And I think, you know, fruit is a healthy thing. <laughs> You know, so that, that we get a lot of mixed messages um, on what's okay. And really, you know, all the fruits and vegetables are are good. Exactly. I mean, exactly. And I think, you know, part of it is, that, you know, it's the fast track of where they want to go. And like you said, depending on the person's metabolism, depending on their overall health, there are some people, yeah, you probably take like to get flip flop and bang them over the head a little bit you know, that their weight, you know, when you're talking uh, men and women, men generally lose weight much quicker than women do. So that's the frustrating 
piece for, for many women, but also not embracing the journey that I always say your future self is going to thank you mm-hmm. for the pitfalls, for the derailment, um, because you are learning, you know, the lifestyle st- style just doesn't happen. It takes work and, and changing your habits don't happen overnight. You have to allow your body to kind of get used to these different changes and embrace where it's at. And, and it does get easier. And then obviously implementing water and over. What do you think, Jen? I mean, I mean, obviously your weight journey was obviously much different than mine. But don't you think that there was at one point that something clicked that said, hey, I can't just depend on the program I'm doing. I have to match the program with my life. Well, that is exactly true because, you know, in that moment of time, when I say when I began my journey was when I officially got it, like it clicked for me. And I knew that I did not want to go on another diet. I knew that I had to be responsible for everything I was doing and not always blaming it on whatever may be going on because that's what I did. And and that's an honest confession. But, and and the reason for me, like really going into my journey here is in that moment when I decided to make that change, I was looking at myself in the mirror and I said, okay, we're not going to make this about quote unquote losing weight. Yes, that's my ultimate goal. My doctor told me I needed to lose some weight because when I sat around the house, ha ha, I sat around the house, but to make it a lifestyle change. So I just called it my lifestyle change journey. That worked for me. I got it. So I had to be responsible for that. And honestly, at first I had no idea what I was doing. I just knew I had to change my habits and I started out slowly. So instead of eating that bag of chips before dinner, which yes, I did really admit that next day, guess what? I did not eat the bag of chips before dinner. That's That's amazing. What what would you say, uh, you know, when you're working with your, your, your patients, like when you get to the realization and, you know, maybe ask them those tough questions about, you know, what are your goals? What are you aiming for? And their reply is, well, I got a wedding or we're going on vacation or it's bikini season. What what do you tell? I don't like quick. (laughs) That's the one thing I tell them. I don't like quick. Um, You know, if there's a a wedding, you know, it depends on how soon it is. And I, you know, I, I like us to move in a lifestyle direction. The one thing I am okay with is bikini season because I'm like, you know, as long as you can choose why you want your weight loss and feel like I'm choosing this and this is why I want it, any reason is fine. But I don't like quick either because that's, again, short-term restriction for short-term gain. I have occasionally, you know, given people something like you want to eat really short-term restriction for a week. Okay, this is what, what you should do. But but those things don't last. So then from there, then we go, okay, now we're going to go back to our lifestyle change and, and, you know, try to, try to go for that. Because I think, you know, Janice, your, your life, your mindset was beautiful for that. This is my lifestyle journey. And just saying that to yourself over and over again, gives you this feeling of calm, gives you a feeling of commitment, gives you a feeling of, of long-term and success. And that, you know, 
those feelings really carry you because we're, we're emotional beings and the men are too, but we're, you know, humans are emotional beings. Yes. Exactly. And I love, I love that part. Uh, but also I think what comes within that, uh, the blessings that come within that's our part of the journey mm-hmm. is you now become accountable to you. Uh, you know, so many times, especially as women, you know, we're the nurturers, we're the ones doing, not to say that men are not, they are, but women are, are more noticeably doing that, i put it that way. And, you know, we do too often put ourselves on the back burner because we're, you know, taking care of, you know, the house, the, the kids, the profession, uh, our friendships, our, you know, families, whatnot. And a lot of people, just don't feel like they're deserving of like having that hard conversation because at the end of the day you know there's only two things that we're in control of how we act and how we react and also the action that we're going to take for ourselves I look at it from the the longevity piece especially when you're dealing with women over 50 now it's not only making sure like you're 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 getting it you understand the lifestyle changes that you must need in order to remain healthy with movement um, you know, fitness, whatever that fitness may be, being mindful of not depriving, but being mindful of what that we're not overdoing it. What would you say would be the one misconception that women have with this weight loss journey? Um, I mean, I think that keeping the commitment to yourself is one of the most important pieces that you brought up. Um, and I think that women don't realize that that is how important that piece is. I would say in my own weight loss journey, that that was probably the one thing that I needed more than anything else was, um, you know, and I'll ask my clients this question. If you're, if you have a lunch date at noon on Saturday with your friend, do you show up for that? And they look at me like, well, yeah, of course. And I said, if you have to be at work at 8 a.m. on Tuesday, do you go at 8 a.m. on Tuesday? And they look at me like, yeah, of course. And I say, well, if you decided that you're going to eat this healthy lunch and then a healthy dinner and no snacks in between on Thursday, you know, isn't that commitment just as important to you as those other things? And I mean, that was a light bulb for me. Like, what? What? I should keep commitments to myself? That's super important. Yeah, that's a that's a big one. And I think almost all of my clients have that issue because like you said, we're caretakers. We put other people first. And it turns out we can still be good caretakers and loving parents and spouses and still keep commitments to ourselves. And I think in, in today when we're talking about, you know, the obesity rate in children is out of control. You know, I always tell you know, women that I'm connecting with, not only are you being accountable to yourself because you're going to perform better in all aspects of the areas of your life because you're feeling better, you're feeling energized, you're feeling good. You're also really setting the bar by example of living, you know, being a product of the healthy lifestyle for for your children. And I think sadly, you know, obviously, you know, during the last three years where, you know, everyone, you know, depending on where they live was, you know, more structured to be at home because of the situation, you know, we, and we talked about that, there was a statistic and obviously we always hear about the freshman 15, which is really now the freshman 35, 
that so many people just went into this emotional whirlwind with what was going on, being out of control, not being able to go out or work or whatever it may be, you know, living this remote lifestyle and really forgetting uh, the importance about staying on track. And I think so, there was a very high statistic of they saw a surge in uh, not only men and women, but children uh, just putting on the pounds during those three years. Now they're faced with not only trying to get their own li healthy lifestyle kind of moving, but also really trying to get the kids to do it because they're just like couch potatoes that have put on way too much weight. Right. And we, and we changed our, our norms. I mean, they were already kind of going in a bad direction for weight, but we changed them, you know, to, you know, oh, I'll make these treats and we'll have these every time we watch TV at night. And if you think about people our age, when we were, you know, you're a kid, you're sitting in front of the wonderful world of Disney TV show with your siblings on Sunday night, and you were just sitting on the floor watching, there were no snacks. Right. There was, that wasn't, that wasn't a thing. Even as a young adult, the Thursday night lineup, you know, they were all the popular shows and everyone scheduled their lives around it. We all sat down and there was no food, you know, and now I, you know, I, my clients will tell me, but it's normal to eat when you're watching TV or it's normal after hard, after a hard day to sit down and, and eat this stuff. And I say, well, it might be normal, but it wasn't normal when you were a child because our culture was different then. And it's not going to serve your health goals or your or your weight loss journey. Mm, and I think you bring up a great point, the normalcy of our behavior. And I think I may have touched on it very briefly that we do these things. Um, oh, it looks like I froze up a little. Um, we do these things because it's normal and it's comfortable and we kind of like normal and comfortable. So, of course, we're going to do them but not maybe sometimes realizing that in order to really um, embrace our wellness journey or whatever you may want to call it, um, we need to really accept the fact that those prior behaviors are not serving us to get to our goals. You know, there there have been times, you know, Carol, so we've talked about this a lot of times, you know, uh, upstairs in the loft where my um, office used to be, you know, the kitchen, well, one of the kitchens, you know, obviously is right there and, you know, walk by it just out of habit, you know, open up the refrigerator, and of course, the cabinet's right there. So I had to restructure some snacks and things. So even though I was opening it up, you know, I had my little corner, that's where I was able to look. And you know what? That may sound silly. I get it. That worked for me. But the normalcy of my behavior would have been, well, you know, okay, it's 1030, whatever. I'm going to have that piece of chocolate cake now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the other, the other key piece that I'm finding when I talk to people is do not be eating in front of a TV, period. Yeah. Uh, you're not mindful of your chewing, which, you know, chewing food uh, thoroughly is, is important. It's also part of the whole process of enjoyment of the food. But really take the time to set the table. Sit at the table. Mm -hmm. That's where you're supposed to eat your food. Uh, surrounded by your loved ones and chat about the day and enjoy the meal is far more satisfying 
than eating on a TV tray or, you know, eating, you know, at the couch, you know, with yes. whatever you're eating and watching TV and not conversing, which serves even a broader perspective of, of, of a lifestyle, a healthy lifestyle, not only with breaking bread, you know, with your loved ones, but also reconnecting your day, catching up, those kinds of things, which, you know, are also really important to the health, a healthy lifestyle of living a healthy lifestyle is connecting with people. Uh, now, I know that's not doable for everyone. You know, if you're someone single where you live alone, but even those that, that I know that live alone, I say, set the table, sit there uh, and, and, you know, look what you're eating and enjoy that. And that get up and, you know, if you, you know, get some movement in and then maybe go watch whatever TV program you are. But I think it's a conscious effort when you do that, you have more accountability because now you're looking at your plate. Mm-hmm. You know, do am I am I piled up so high because we we live in a super size super sized society on many pieces, and especially with food. You know, am I using the rule of thumb that you know my protein should be you know bigger than my fifth? You know, am I you know do I have like a lot of richness in color? Um, you will notice those things more when you're sitting at a set table versus being in front of a TV or devices or whatever it may be. And I think people, that's the, the, the missing link is that uh, common kind of dance with the food and the flavors. It's all missing because they're not paying attention. Oh, did, oh my God, did I just go up for three weeks and I didn't even know it. And a lot of times that's, if you're not gathered around and you're kind of eating all sporadically. And we know everyone has busy lifestyles, mm-hmm. you know, driving kids here, you know, eating in the car, cause that's eat, cause you know, we're running here or there, but really setting that time, that, that old fashioned dinner time as best as you can with everyone's schedules to get more in a habit of eating at a table together. I love that. And I, and it makes me think too about how when we sit in front of the TV, we don't notice if we're full or not. We just eat what, what's in front of us. And when we're at the table, we might notice like, you know what, today I'm not quite as hungry at dinner. I, I think I'm done now. I'm going to put the rest back, um, which, you know, nourishes our body and honors our, our bodies better and helps us keep our weight normal if we're actually paying attention to whether we're satisfied or whether we're stuffed, you know, at the end of eating. Mm, and I think that's so true because I've noticed when I think it comes from our childhood um, growing up, um, with, you know, five other siblings, there's six children, you know, six children. And if you wanted to, you know, get that bowl of ice cream, you better move quick. You know, (laughs) it was, you know, always eat quick to get, you know, the treats or whatever it was. And I found that, and I still kind of do it to this day that I am a fast eater. I'm like, wait a minute. I got to like slow down here, enjoy the meal. And, you know, I always want to get more, right? We always want to get more. Oh, well, let me get up and get a second helping. And I'm, I I put on the, the pause button. I'm like, no, I'm going to finish my drink and then we'll see what happens. And then it's like, okay, it, it passed. But, mm-hmm. you know, just those little tricks kind of help every now and then. Yeah, because it takes a little while for the hormones in our brains to catch up with what we've eaten. And so I, I love that, that you pause and have a little water and 
and see and, and stop and, and give your body a little minute to catch up. Mm, yeah, it, it's definitely worked for me. Dr. Awad, what are, are some of the, um, do you have any suggestions for like somebody who may be listening to this right now? It's like, you know, these are some, like, what else can I do? Like, I really want to get started on my journey. What are some strategies that you could suggest? Sure. One thing I really suggest uh, that I think really helps that women over 50 or anyone with a, you know, menopause or postmenopause is to have some space in between your meals. Um, we don't have great science on like the exact number of hours. I mean, I say at least three hours, four to six, maybe better. Um, but it gives it your body some time to, for your digestive system to kind of quiet down because we need insulin to, to pull out food out of our, you know, that we've eaten and pull it into our bodies for energy, but it also tells our body to store fat. So if we have some space in between our meals, then we actually have time where insulin just goes down and then your body naturally says, okay, well, we need energy to do our work or take the dog out or whatever. And then it pulls you know, there's a little bit of energy in the liver and then it just starts to pull fat. So that actually is a really easy thing to do. Once you get your mind around not walking through the kitchen, like you said, or even, you know, the, one of the things I had to stop was even there would be like a bowl of cherry tomatoes. And I just pop one in my mouth. And even though, you know, a calorie counter would say that's fine, but I had, then my insulin system was working all the time. And so my body never pulled from the fat stores. So having some space between really helps. And then my clients also notice back to Carol Sue's point, how good their food tastes when they've had a few hours of not eating anything. All of a sudden your food is more delicious. Right. I, uh, kind of discovered that probably, I think now it's been about three years. I'm an intermittent faster. Mm. And I have a very short window to eat. And I, and I know a lot of people, well, it's noon, um, you know, or, you know, I go, I don't, I only eat when I'm hungry, but I eat within that window. And mm -hmm. that was a game changer for me because I was not someone that typically ate breakfast. You know, I didn't buy into the propaganda that, you know, you had to eat these square, three square meals a day. Uh, you know, the science and there's a lot of nutritionists that will disagree with that. But for, I said, depending on, the person's makeup are all different. And for me, what I noticed immediately uh, being more mindful of obviously sodium and sugar within that window that, you know, my inflammation went down tremendously. My joints felt better. My muscles felt better. I was sleeping better. So those are all important pieces of, you know, really understanding your own body because everyone is different so what may work for one person may not work for another person and i really found you know that really i i basically allow like a four four to five hour window where that is where i eat and i just don't eat any other time during the day and that's worked for me to maintain where i'm at but also just to have my my body feel good in that four or five hours am i enjoying food absolutely um, but I'm not as hungry as I used to be. And I don't find that I'm wandering in the kitchen and like doing the, you know, open up the fridge, what's there. And then you stare at it for like three minutes and you're not even really sure that you're even hungry. You're just bored or whatever the reason may be. And you're looking and searching. So I find that that was uh, very helpful for me. Now, a lot of people, some people could not be that structured. And when I say I'm structured, 
I'll give you, you know, like even this weekend, we, we had a lot of cookouts and, you know, the appetizers came out and all that stuff was going on. And they're like, geez, you, you're, you're not eating yet. And uh, I'm a thriver. So I break my fast with, with my protein shake. And I said, it's not my, my window's not here yet. I'm so used to it. Like I'm not bothered that other people are, you know, eating. And it doesn't mean that I'm lacking in enjoyment. It's just, just how my body works. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love yeah. that you really paid attention to what makes you feel good and that you both have done this. And even as sisters that you are okay, having a different protocol because there's a little pressure, right? right. Um, and I work, the clients I work with also like about a third of them like to choose an eating window and it's anywhere from four to 12 hours that they eat. Um, and then the other ones are like, no, I'm hungry when I wake up. I want my three meals. And right. I said, well, let's, you know, perfect. You paid attention to what your body wants and go with it. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, I tell you, I love pulling from my fat stores, you know, <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. Just put a hose and suck it all out. There we go. Yeah. Awesome. And some people do that. And that's not necessarily the healthiest. I mean, but again, it's, it's a personal choice on those kinds of things. Yeah. What would you see? What would you say to someone that is stuck? that they know they need to do something and they're feeling almost so discouraged with where, with even looking at their own reflection. Sure. What would be the one thing that you could say, you know, and, we, and Jan and I was talking about that, like pick one thing to start, like just make the first step. What would be their first step that you would encourage them to do? Probably the first step I would say is to look at where we added sugar is in your life. Um, it causes inflammation. So a lot of women our age find out when they stop it, that the aches and pains they thought they had that were age go away. So you're going to feel better. Um, it is a dopamine high, as you know, you know, people like, oh, I feel so much better when I had that. And so withdrawing from it and you will feel, feel it when you withdraw from it, but not usually more than a week. So you can do this. Um, so withdraw from it so that you aren't using that for your, to make yourself feel better. And also, you know, food scientists have added more and more sugar to package things. And while we want everyone to eat whole foods, we still need to read our packages. Mm. You know, my can of garbanzo beans has no added sugar in it. My, one of my clients, she had added sugar in her, so she changed brands. Right. Um, I found there were three different taco seasonings that I buy, just depending on what store I'm in. Two of them had added sugar in them and one did not. So if I want sugar, I want a piece of homemade pie. I don't want sugar in my taco seasoning. So I would say looking at added sugars is a great way to um, spend a little time finding out where it is in your life. When do you want it? Um, you know, because a lot of us do have like, you know, we have the little treat, but then it ends up being the three times a day treat um, and looking at you know, where is it? It, it? Am I just eating sugar all day long? Do, you know, right. can I take a break for a week and then just choose when I'm going to have sugar and when I'm not? Right. And then also, you know, that, that week's time, you know, your body needs time to detox. And a lot of people, you know, don't even know 
the proper detox symptoms out there. They're like, oh, that, that's now all of a sudden I got a rash or I got a headache. That's detox. Uh, you know, I'm noticing that I'm irritable. That's detox. Mm-hmm. So when you understand when you're eliminating and really are being mindful of removing an ingredient that has been so much a part of your life, you have to really embrace the fact that my, my body's got to now dispel this junk. And the only way to do that is flushing the system out with plenty of water, but, but also understanding that, you know what, I, I may have some rough, rough patches. And I think when you're prepared and really educate yourself on the detox process of getting and eliminating a certain food group, you will be more successful. You know, when, you, when you're not educating yourself or getting assistance from a coach like you as well, and, and, and that medical advice, you just, you're not, you're, you're blindsided almost. And then you give up and you go back. This is too hard. I, I, I'm going to eat that chocolate donut again. I don't care. I, I, same thing with caffeine. I mean, there's all these different things that are not healthy for us. Mm-hmm. So if we already know, science tells us they're not healthy. Obviously our body's going to need time to get rid of, all, you know, because let's face it, the colon holds a lot more than people think. So, and that in your bloodstream, everything's got to be flushed out. Yeah. Yes. You guys, I don't know if you guys find too that most people, it's only a week. And right. it's not, it's not, it's not the worst detox of things that you might have to detox from. Um, I, I tell people, are you going to die from it? Then yeah. you can get through it. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, how would our listeners and viewers um, connect with you? Sure. You can look at me up on my website is heatherawadmd.com. And then if you look me up on any of the social sites with the same, with my name, it's, I'm there. Awesome. And of course, we will make sure um, all of that information gets in the show notes. I was just thinking about a jelly donut um, that Gary bought about a month ago, speaking of sugar. And I love donuts. Okay. And I had a little taste of it and it was delicious. It's okay to do that every now and then. Just be gentle and kind with yourself. And, and remember that, you know, it takes time to make these changes. So, just go with the flow and know that taking that first step, you've already started to create that foundation. Dr. Heather, we so want to thank you so much for your time today. Um, It's been an amazing podcast and we hope that you will definitely consider coming back. Sure, sure. I'd love to. It's been a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, my name is Janice, aka Wellness Diva 5.0, and I'm going to turn it over with two sisters. And this is Carol Sue, aka Naughty Boys, live on this Wealth Wellness Wednesday. What does that actually mean? It's really about giving to other people and no one that you know, not your neighbor, not your family member. It's about really an unsuspecting person having a financial exchange with them that they don't even know about it. What do I mean by that? It's really just putting that mindset on mindset out to the universe to have a healthy relationship with money. The more money we have, the more money that we can impact others, whether it's your community, your churches, helping someone else in need, but you have to have the right mindset. Common thing that I do is love going into a store and I'll stick, and it's not about the actual financial amount. I want to make sure we're clear on that. It could be a dollar, it could be five dollars, whatever you want. Stick it in, maybe a diaper bag. You know, how many moms, you know, cost of formula and diapers are going up. Or maybe it's in the dairy aisle. Maybe it's in the uh, vegetable aisle. Let's get some some healthy stuff going on there. Maybe it's in the seafood aisle, which I know Jan's going to like over because she's not a big seafood eater eater or fish. Whatever it is, 
go to the gas station. It's about the actual action to put forth kindness. And when you put forth kindness and generosity, people feel grateful and they're in turn gonna do the same thing. So we hope that that helps you. We will see you. Thank you again, Dr. Heather. That everything was great. Yes, I would love to dig into some, some really good in uh, plant-based ingredients with you sometime regarding uh, that pre-post uh, menopausal period that you know we, we need as women uh, in our bodies to kind of help with that mood swings, uh, the temperature fluctuations, all that happy jazz, even some people breaking out in their 50s, it does happen. With that, we will see you tomorrow for Trending Thursday. We hope you're not just watching the trends, but you be the trend. Take care, everyone. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. And thank you so much to everybody on Wisdom. Have a great day, everyone.